0: Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they really love, and create actual amazing relationships. Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today as we take your questions at triple eight eight two five five two two five. That's triple eight eight two five five two two five. The call is free, and some say the advice is worth exactly what you pay for it. Matt is with us in Albany, New York. Hey, Matt, how
1: are you? I'm good. Thanks for thanks for having me. Sure, man. What's up? So, I graduated from college one year ago, and uh, hopefully, I got a good job, and I'm about to pay off all my debt from it. Uh, but, uh. As I pay off of my debt, I kind of feel guilty about how much my parents contributed to paying for my college, and I want to pay them back. So I'm not exactly sure where it should kind of fit into my kind of baby steps. And then the best way to go about paying them both back is if my parents are divorced and they uh, contributed different amounts. So I was wondering if you guys could help me out with that.
2: Is there an expectation for you to pay them back? Like, is it something where they expect it, or is it something you just want to do out of generosity?
1: Uh, no, they don't expect it. There's never an agreement. I just, I feel, I feel like I, I want to do it. And I have I have two younger siblings going about to go into college and I can tell they're really stressed about it. And I, I feel like, uh, I, I feel kind of bad for, uh, I feel, I feel like they, they paid all the money, a lot of the money that they had saved up for me and I want to help my siblings out too, I guess.
2: That's very kind of you. What other debt you had? You said you're about to pay off the rest of your debt.
1: Uh it's all just federal loans. Um in a matter like in a week or two I'll have all the money to pay that off completely. So it's basically uh basically a baby step too. How much
0: money are we talking about with your mom and
1: dad? Uh so my mom paid in about fifty and my dad paid in about fifteen.
0: Okay. And you
1: make what now? Uh seventy five. Okay. All right.
0: Well, there's nothing morally wrong with what you're doing. There's no moral uh, or legal obligation for what you're talking about doing. You understand that?
3: Right, right, right.
0: Okay. And so, as long you know, that does make it what Christina said, that it makes it an act of generosity on your part. Um, I don't like that you use the word guilty because you're not guilty. I'm a dad who paid for my kid's college, and I'm not, I, I have no desire for them to feel guilty about that. Mm-hmm. It's something I did as a parent. I was able to do it. I did it. It's done. Your your little brothers and sisters, your siblings uh, that are going to school, have they got the money to send them?
1: Uh, I, I they um. I, I guess that's another part. I like. Don't, I don't know like the exact numbers of all their financial, the whole financial situation. But I know like there's a there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of discussion about it. And so they had a college fund it, yeah.
0: for you. or they are they cash flowed you?
1: Uh, like basically cash flow
0: me, I guess. Okay, and now they're, and, uh, str- they're struggling it was, it was, with I cash. I think there's a little savings. So but, why are they struggling with cash flowing the next one?
1: Uh, I, I mean, I guess that it kind of comes down. I don't know the exact situation. The, I don't know the all the numbers. I feel like a little awkward, like, asking for my parents, like, financial information, but...
0: Okay. Yeah. Um... No, this you're doing this blind, okay? And blind's not good. Um, you have a sense in the air that they're stressed and that may, they may not have enough money, but you don't really have that information. And that, added with your gratitude for them taking care of you, and the awkward weirdness of them doing it through a divorced process, that that also is in the air, and that's screwy, right? And awkward. Um, And so you've got all this stuff going on. You've got this whole whole gumbo, this whole soup here that you're stirring up, but we don't even know what the ingredients are. So if you want to be generous, you need to be generous with knowledge. And so I would sit down with your mom, have a cup of coffee, and go, this is what I'm feeling. Now tell me where you are with your finances because I'm kind of thinking I may need to help you out so that you can help the siblings out. Tell me what's going on. And, and if she says, look, I told you I was paying for college, I'm in good shape, shut up, then shut up and move on. If she says, yeah, I'm freaking out, I don't know what I'm going to do, then you may want to do this generous move if you want to, okay? And have the same conversation with your dad. But let's, let's have uh, all the cards of the relationship and the situation face up on the table so that everybody, them and you, all know what's going on here. And by the way, tell your mom that you're having the same conversation with your dad, and your dad, you're having the same conversation with your mom. There's no secrets here. There's no hidden corners. There's no darkness, that ha- shadows that things are hiding under. It's all out in the light, and then the answer will be very, very plain as to what you're supposed to do. If your suspicions are confirmed, and you want to go ahead, and you do it all from knowledge, I'm with you. Go do it. I would not just write checks into a blind, crappy situation, and you don't know what's going on. That makes yeah, sense? That,
1: that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's good for the relationship, too, because you're manning up. You're looking at your mom and going, hey, I'm like a grown man and stuff, and I'm, I'm making $75K. i am making 75 ki can help in this situation. She goes, no, I got a million dollars over here I never told you about. You know?
3: But she just <laughs> generally she I just generally it, is but... a
0: person who worries or frets. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're going to find out, but at a minimum, you're going to find out more than you know now.
2: Well, and the other way you can be generous with knowledge is you can also help your siblings. Like, you can help them work through the logistics of going to college. So, of course, it's great if your parents can cash flow college, but the kids can also work. They can win scholarships. They can get tuition assistance programs. There's all sorts of ways to graduate debt-free. So if there is an actual money issue and your parents don't have the money to pay for your sibling's college, perhaps then you can step in as a mentor. You sound like you have an excellent head on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. You're doing well financially. Mm -hmm. You can step in and mentor your siblings to figure out how to pay for college themselves. And also, if you move on to baby steps you know, get your fully funded emergency fund, get into four through six. If you have some extra, perhaps you can help your siblings financially. But I think
0: there's a lot of ways to look at this. Yeah, and and it can be both. You can mentor them and write some checks into mom and dad if you find all this out. So, but let's not just go, I kind of have this vague sense of guilt, like I got money and they're not and they don't have it and the kids are gone, you know, and then I'm just going to start writing. No, I don't write checks into blind funds checks into blind situations and it's not it's 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 a good relationally cleaning thing to have this conversation it's going to be it's going to be beautiful so and you're a good dude man that's a great heart on your shoulder a great heart head on your shoulders as you said heart and everything the whole somebody who actually wants to do this is that that's just cool
2: yeah good on you for getting ready to pay off the rest of your student loans like that sounds amazing you said next week you're going to be able to pay everything off so we're really proud of you that's Incredible!
0: Yeah, he's making more money he's ever made in his life, got out of college, living the dream. And we're going to take a $65,000 pit stop here and take care of mom and dad if we want to um, or not, depending on what you find out. You might find out some wonderful things. You may find out some things that are not so wonderful, but you're going to find out more than you know now. And that's what you need to do. This is the Ramsey Show.
1: Hey guys, George Camel here, and I'm so excited to tell you about the newest product from Ramsey. It's called Gazelle, and it's a digital banking experience that will help you spend and save the Ramsey way with banking services provided by Pathword N.A. You'll get a single spending account with no monthly fees, and it's FDIC insured through Pathword N.A. We're offering early access to our beta customers so you can help us make it the best experience it can be. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash Gazelle to sign up for the waitlist today.
0: Christina Ellis, number one, best-selling author, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today as we answer questions about your life and your money. That last young man wanting to pay his mom and dad back for having paid for his college. Very, very sweet. Um, Kind of a theme we got rolling up here a little bit. This uh, email came in. And you want to read it? Yeah, sure. Because it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it says, My name is Gabriel. I'm Emily all from San Antonio, Texas. I graduated high school in 2019. My father was the first to go to college in the family. He graduated from Texas A&M. My family have been diehard fans ever since. I was lucky enough to get accepted to Texas A&M, but reluctantly turned down my dream school. I did so because I knew I was on my own when it came to paying for college. Me wanting to go to college... Without debt was a huge driver So instead I stayed home to save money I went to a local community college Then transferred to UTSA Still staying home I graduated a few months ago In May of 2022 I graduated in three years With no college credits from high school I didn't take any summers off But more than that I, by myself, paid every dime of tuition and fees With no scholarships I used the money I earned from working at a grocery store because of where I worked, I was lucky enough during COVID to always have a job. I'm sure y'all get a lot of thank you emails with more powerful stories, but I wanted to make sure y'all knew y'all had an impact on mine. I'm 21 years old, debt-free, with a college degree. I just accepted a teaching job at a public high school, and I will soon go back for my master's. God willing, one day I will be a principal. Thank y'all for the work you do. God bless.
0: I hope you're a principal. We right? principals like you, that'll be awesome we need teachers like you what a stud
2: what a stud what an incredible yeah, story
0: i love it utsa for those of you that listening at home don't know what that is university of texas san antonio and so um, instead of being an aggie he ended up being a longhorn but uh, <laughs> just in case you're wondering but yeah that's uh and he's a teacher and he paid cash for it.
2: Yeah, I love that he took every excuse off the table. So he, you know, didn't get any scholarships. So any excuse that, man, I don't qualify for scholarships, I don't have a competitive resume. Well, guess what? He didn't have scholarships. He didn't have money from his parents. He didn't have credits going in, and he still did it all working with a job at a grocery store on his own. Like,
0: it can be done. I have to have a student loan, or I can't be a student. Gabriel says, shut up. Seriously. (laughs) I mean that's beautiful, yeah, so it it matters to it, see that 's what you should do mm-hmm. you know we're not against education, we 're against stupid methods of becoming educated in stupid degrees that have no use and no ROI based on what you paid for them. So when you pay two hundred and fifty thousand dollars at a famous college to become a left-handed puppetry expert, you 're an idiot, you become a barista. With a $250,000 student loan debt. Don't do that stuff. And moms and dads, don't let your kids do that. Grab them around the neck, knock a noggin on them. Do you all know what that means? Pop them on the head, right? <laughs> Pop, no, you're not doing that. You're not going $250,000 in debt to say you went to school somewhere famous that doesn't mean a dad-blame thing when you're out here doing stuff. Where you went to school will not get you a job at Ramsey. We have 1,200 employees. We're hiring 300 people this year, and we don't give a rip where you went to school. All we care is did you actually learn something, and can you use that to make money? Can you use that to justify your freaking existence on my payroll? That's how employers think, okay? And, you know, don't talk to me. I have it. You know, Shut up. Can you do stuff? That's what matters. Can you do stuff? And, and education helps you do stuff. You need to be smart. I'm not against education. Not Doing zero post-high school work of any kind is a bad idea. You need to do something. It doesn't say you can do an apprenticeship, you can go into a trade, but all of those require certifications and additional training and everything else. And so I don't care if you want to be an electrician, an HVAC, a diesel mechanic, or you want to be a mechanical engineer or a brain scientist. You know, I don't care what you're doing, but you need more training after high school. Education is key to winning, but education has become stupid. And that's the irony in our culture. It's just the irony. And this kid just reeks of common sense.
2: Right. Well and the thing is is like you have got to look at your situation your set of cards that you've been dealt and then be strategic and intentional. Like he looked at his situation. His family loved this certain school but then he saw a community college that he could go to possibly for free or extremely cheap and then he could transfer another to another great school and he just made the most of his situation. So many people are going into college and they see one route. They see their parents alma mater. They see where all their friends are going and they think that this is the only way. I have to go this way and then they take out a ton of student loans. It was, It's my dream
0: you're gonna turn your dream into a nightmare you goob don't do that don't don't it's my dream I mean these people do not let someone select a college because the trees on the campus are pretty I've actually talked to 17 year olds that I want to go there because the campus is pretty that's dumber than a rock you do not want to do that that's ridiculous it's a very short-sighted dream it's like you know four years
2: of pretty buildings and nice trees and then you get out of college and you can't afford rent in a decent area or you can't afford to buy a house.
0: I think Vers- we figured out how we paid for those trees. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, that's it's really what it is. So and, and, you know, Christina is like a walking testimony to this, um, you know, brief version of your story.
2: Yeah, so my mom told me my freshman year of high school that she didn't have the money to pay for my college education. Your mom was
0: a widow. Your dad died when you were seven.
2: Yep, after a long and painful battle with brain cancer. And my mom, she what she didn't have in money, she gave us in motivation and drive to push forward. She really taught us that we could do anything we set our minds to. I still look back, and I'm like, I don't know how she got us so convinced that we could just do anything. She's an immigrant from Venezuela. She grew up with nothing. She's a the force
0: of nature is what she is. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so she just really told me to go after it all throughout high school. I got super motivated to figure out what it takes to win scholarships. I did over a 1000 hours of community service, I built up my resume, took up leadership roles. And then my senior year of high school, I treated the scholarship application process like a part time job. I just applied and applied and applied and thankfully the effort it was worth it it led me to win over a half a million dollars in scholarships and go to Vanderbilt University for undergrad and Belmont for grad school completely debt-free.
0: $500,000 worth. Thank God. Okay so I mean now you you know you're unusually bright kind of intimidatingly but you and, and you got this incredible work ethic and your mom is a force of nature she, ain't gonna, she She was not allowing you to you didn't have a choice you were gonna do this oh it wasn't like sure. i choose to sit down no you're doing it
2: oh she, gonna she take was gonna yeah, she
0: was on you she was on you there was no her other gift, option. Her gift to you was not a a blank check or, uh, or encouragement to go get student loan debt because we're poor people and we don't have any money and so we can't go to school and this is people like us and she didn't she didn't play the victim card no, no. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, it was kind of funny because it's like in hindsight, I didn't really see any other way. Like she gave me that challenge, and it was like, all right, let's go, let's do this. Like student loans weren't an option.
0: I just was like, okay, let's 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 run, let's go. Yeah. And, and, and so you know, some of you moms and dads are saving money for college, and you know, you got a hundred thousand bucks saved up or hundred fifty thousand bucks saved up, and junior walks in and tells you he's going somewhere. Well, yeah, I got 150,000 reasons I'm going to tell you what to do, Junior. You know, I'm holding this check hostage. You're not going anywhere that I'm releasing my money to that I don't approve of. And if it involves you going into debt or taking some dumb butt degree that is useless in the real world, we're not releasing this money. Oh, and by the way, you're going to continue to live a life that is honoring to God in the process. And so, oh, yeah, Dave's a dinosaur. He makes his kids behave. Who knew? You know, they're still in counseling over it. By God, they came out of school in four years debt free. All right. And they know how to work. Yep. All three of them.
2: Your kids are amazing. It's such a great, it's a great testimony. And I also look at parents who have great college funds saved up for their kids, you know, but they still are saving for retirement and they're on a budget. And I encourage you to still push your kids to go for scholarships, still push them to be strategic with their education. Just because the money is there doesn't mean that they're not capable of contributing and trying to be strategic with their own journey. If they can get a full ride,
0: awesome. Go for it. Mine had a full ride off a dad and they still had to work. It's yep. part of part of life. It's good for us. You know how to work. Daniel worked in a mattress store, selling mattresses. And he was good at it, too. That's yeah. what's scary. He's still the Ramsey family mattress expert. Anytime we need knowledge on that, we just go to Daniel. Yeah.
2: I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> Interesting information about Daniel. This is the Ramsey Show. Christine Ellis, number one best-selling author and Ramsey personality is my co-host today as we take your questions about your life and your money. The phone number is 888 San Francisco, Riley is on the line. It says on my screen, you are debt free. Congratulations.
4: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Very cool. How much did you pay off?
4: I paid off a little under a hundred thousand, ninety-eight thousand five hundred and sixty-two dollars.
0: Oh, we'll round that to a hundred. Way to go! How long did that take?
4: Uh, Forty-four months.
0: Good for you. And your range of income during that time?
4: I started out. Uh, I started out at sixty, and I'm at about a hundred now.
0: Good for you. What do you do for a living?
4: Uh, I'm an international tax consultant at a big four accounting firm.
0: Wow, nice land. Good job. So what kind of debt was the 100 k
4: All student loans.
0: Oh, man, and you cleared it all in less than four years. Yep. Look yep. at you. So how old are you?
4: Uh, 25.
0: So you started immediately after college and dug into this?
4: Yep. I graduated uh, from school in three years, trying to save a little bit of cost there. And then as soon as I got out, I just started attacking the debt.
0: Okay. Tell us your story. How did you know how to do that, and how did you connect up with Ramsey stuff?
4: Yeah. Um, well, when I was trying to, you know, pick a university, my parents, you know, talked to me. They said they uh, gave me a set budget for how much I had for school, um, so I knew when I was picking a university how much I had, and uh, I kind of walked through with my dad, you know, different um, different uh, schools that I could go to, and the amount of debt that I would have if i went here or if i went there so i kind of made an educated decision based on uh you know scholarships that i got and if i could graduate earlier or not so i was sort of already prepared to uh you know pay off my debt as quickly as possible before i'd um you know started listening to your show um but then about senior year of college i started listening and i would listen every day and i was getting really really excited once i would start working so that i could start paying off the debt and uh I'm, I'm a nerd, so I had all my Excel budgets and everything planned out, every payment for every month, um, and how I was going to do it. So I would just listen to your show every day, and I would um, you know, track my budget using every dollar, and uh, every month I just paid off a little bit, a little bit, and then next thing I knew, it was gone. That is awesome. And I love that you got started so young that you
2: were motivated to just push right in and get after it. You're 25 years old and all of your debt is gone. That's incredible. So what kind of things did you do to get out of debt? Obviously, you said you budgeted, but did you take on any side hustles? Were you super scrappy? Did you save money in different spots? What did that look like for you?
4: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just being really intentional with your money. Like I was definitely scrappy. I did the beans and rice. You know, obviously I wasn't wasn't eating out a bunch. I was, you know, cooking regularly, you know, being as as frugal as I could be, but still, you know, living the life of a young professional, living in a city and, and trying to find some balance there. But I really just think the most important part was being intentional and being consistent. And, you know, if there was a month when you slipped up or went on a trip with friends, next month, lock back down, update your budget, figure out what you have left. And I think for me, it was just a matter of being consistent and paying attention to what was happening. Um, made all the difference. That's awesome. A lot of people in their early
2: 20s are not focused on this. Did your friends know that you were doing this?
4: Yes. Every every person I have met <laughs> knows that I was paying off my debt very aggressively. I was extremely vocal about it. A lot of my friends have asked me to help set up budgets for them or help look at their budgets. But most people are like, oh, you know, I also have student loans, but, you know, we'll put them off. There, I have so much, you know, it'll, it'll take forever to pay off. I'll always you know, have my student loans, but I just encourage them like, you know what, you can pay this off. And I wanted, I didn't, I didn't want this hundred thousand dollars looming over my head, you know, as a 21 year old looking up and being like, Oh my gosh, a hundred thousand dollars. How am I ever going to pay that off? It seems so not feasible. Um, So I think just being consistent, I think also for me, the most frustrating part as an accountant is that I paid $20,000 of interest alone $20,000 Twenty thousand dollars of that one hundred thousand was just interest, and um, that just to me was the most ridiculous thing in the world. So I was not going to pay a dime more of interest than I had to.
0: You are so fun. You're going to do. You're going to be so rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, who gets excited about getting out of debt? Uh, people that listen to the show and accountants, Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so you got a double dose. You're great. You're absolutely amazing. Very, very well done, Riley. Very well Thank done.
2: You. I love that you're just like I'm not. I'm not going to keep it quiet. I'm going to tell all my friends, even if they think I'm weird or crazy. I'm going to actually change their mm-hmm. perspective and motivate them to do it oh, too.
0: That, you, that kind of enthusiasm, it's a contagious. She talked some people into it. She converted some people. I'm just saying it happened. It definitely happened. I mean, and you average, I mean, kiddo, you average like over $2,000 a month for 44 months. That's like 2300 bucks a month for th- 44 months. That's pretty rowdy. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a big old house payment, actually, in most places, not in San Fran, but in most places. Good for you. Well done. Hey, we got a copy of uh, Baby Steps Millionaires for you because you're going to be one. Uh, you are right on track. The number two most likely uh, career field to become a millionaire is accountant. And so, number two, number one's engineer, number three's teacher just to let you guys know. And uh, that's from all the data and the actual hardcore research we've done. And it's all in the Baby Steps Millionaire book for you, by the way. So I also got a copy of Total Money Makeover to give to one of those friends you're trying to push along. You can inspire them. And a one-year uh, membership to Financial Peace University. The brand-new videos are out, and uh, you can that'll help uh, someone get started. You can go through it if you haven't been, and someone else can uh, – or you can get one of your buddies through it or however you want to do it. It's all there for you. We want to give gift you some things to say we are improving. We're proud of you. You're a pretty impressive, young lady. Well done.
4: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Riley in San Francisco, a hundred thousand paid off in forty-four months, making sixty to hundred. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one.
4: I'm debt-free. Yeah.
0: She is fun. Oh, that that one's going somewhere. Yeah, yeah that's Just incredible. watch her dust right there. Eat her dust. I mean, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> Beautiful stuff.
2: I love that she said that the the you know, this journey it only took her three years, but the thing that drove her crazy was that twenty thousand dollars in interest.
0: Like you know, this is great. And she this got after
2: great. it. Get it's
0: it, a girl. Perfect motivation. I love it. I love it. Hey, people are out there right now with inflation, recession. Interest rates going up, stock market going down, real estate's in freak out mode. People are freaking out. And one of the things that causes you to freak out is a lack of knowledge. If you know what's going on, even if there's pain, you can at least face it with intelligence and intentionality. Uh, you got to know what's going on. And the second thing you have to have is perspective. And uh, perspective means history. It means looking at, you know, how long do you, you know, how long do we need to look at this? What kind of lens do we need to look at this through? Because the smaller your lens when you're looking at a hard time, the more drama you bring into your life because you start, you start extrapolating and saying, this is going crazy. It's out of control. And so that's happening with real estate right now. People are panicking. Rumors of the market crashing, the real estate market bubble ending, endless questions about it, all kinds of theories by people who really shouldn't have a theory, but they've got one anyway, about what's going to happen with the markets. We're going to take care of all this. We have a free, underline that word, free live stream this Thursday night. Rachel Cruz, George Campbell, and I are going to be going through the actual data having to do with the housing market, and we're going to show you that it's not going to crash. And we're going to tell you what's really going on. And we're going to address lots of questions and comments and even trolling that we've had from the uh, old social media people out there. So we kind of, you know, we know what you're thinking, in other words. And we're going to talk to you about it and show you what's going on exactly in detail. Graphs and charts. A little quick college class, about an hour long. 7 p.m. Central. This Thursday, the Real Estate Reality Check. It is free. You need to go sign up ahead of time at RamseySolutions.com. RamseySolutions.com slash reality check. Get signed up. We'll see you Thursday night at 7 central. America. Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Zach's in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hey, Zach. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
3: Hey, Dave. It's me and my wife, Michaela, here. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for taking our call. Sure. What's up? Um, so, quick quick background. Uh, my wife and I, we just paid off $289,000 worth of debt. Woo! Um, we made them. Hey, uh, thank you. We're, we're very excited. It took us, uh, 21 months to do it. Um, so that's the background. That's where we are. Our question is now our financial goal right now is we want to buy a house. We're still renting and our long-term financial goal in 10 to 15 years is we'd also like to get, um, you know, some sort of small vacation house. The question is what's the most efficient way to get to that point? Would you recommend buying our primary house you know, that we live in, paying that off as quick as possible, putting yes. all of our extra income towards that, or would you also recommend um, putting some money into some sort of index fund while we simultaneously pay off our house early? What's the most efficient way to get to that goal?
0: Uh, I would simply pay off your house and then pile up cash and buy your buy your toy. A vacation home's a toy. And it's a wonderful toy. I've got a nice lake house that I enjoy most every weekend in the summer, and uh, but it's a toy; it's a it's a luxury item, and so we pa- always okay. pay cash for everything around Ramsey. But we certainly pay cash for toys, and so and okay. you do, and you do that kind of thing. I when I bought that lake house, I actually bought a house that I tore down and built another house up there later. But uh, I, I, um, it was a big deal for Sharon and I. Like like I can hear, we got our house paid off. We were starting to make a little money, and I'd thrown some money into an index fund, and I found this little house on the water. It didn't even have a dock. I had to build the dock, and, uh, and, and I, you know, it really wasn't that great a house, but it was a great lot, and, uh, you know, we still own it 22 years later and uh, built a nice home on it on the property now. We tore that little house down there. Actually, we donated it, <laughs> And um, but, yeah, all, all the while I paid cash because I got to tell you, man— uh, the more stuff you own, the more repairmen you have to know. Mm-hmm. And so it's not all glory to own all these extra toys. The, they break, and you have to you know pay the heat and air guy to go down there and fix the ductwork, whatever it is. You know, There's always something going on, right? So you want to be right. doing all of that with cash and with no loans and, and where it's margin and extra money and all that kind of stuff. It sounds like you're making a lot of money. So it sounds like you're going to be able to buy your home and get it paid off very quickly. And then start saving and get you a beach, you know, condo or whatever. And then maybe maybe you'll move up later into an even nicer property and pay cash for that. That would be fine. And we've actually done that with some of our toys. We started at a reasonable level and then later move up. But we, we allocate a small percentage of our income uh, to increased lifestyle. And, um, and, and that's worked out really, really well over the years. I've got an incredible lifestyle. Uh, but it... it uh nowhere near it's it's an it's a very small percentage of my overall net worth or my income but and then that makes it tolerable if the stupid thing breaks no not if when the stupid thing breaks and uh Christina and all the Ramsey personalities were just down at the lake house it was a lot of fun but stuff broke down there while we were there you know <laughs> i mean it's like god there's dead gum hot water heaters out you know remember that yeah. it's like you know so that that's just part of it right yeah
2: It's part of the journey, but I love the long term thinking and I love the fact that you're already dreaming like that. You guys are obviously motivated paying off nearly three hundred thousand dollars in debt thus far and dreaming long term. But use that dream to really get to hustling now and pay off that first house so that later you can live and give like no one else. Like yep. it's, you know, keep that motivation. That's a great thing. But, you know, follow the path, follow the baby steps, go through step by step so that later you can fully enjoy it. And it's not going to be a stress when something breaks down because your house is paid off and then soon you'll get your next house paid off and you'll have that huge fund of money if anything breaks down and it's not a stress.
0: Yeah. The way I started doing that was a hundred years ago before I actually went broke. I was still a math nerd and um, I, I bought a boat ski boat on payments and then i'm such a nerd that i added up how many times we go skiing and about how many times i would ski and i figured out what it cost me per minute to ski in the actual wow. time i was behind the thing and it made me about throw up because you know when you because the number the number of minutes you spend behind a boat in a summer no i mean if you're there all the time it's still not that number of minutes versus the cost of the stupid thing and the payments and the insurance and all. and It just takes all the fun out of it. So never do that. Never add it up, um, number one. Uh, but number two, never, never have payments on that kind of stuff, and that way you don't have to think about adding it all up. It needs to be throwaway money because it's a toy. That's what it comes down to. Jordan's with us. Jordan is in Pittsburgh. Hi, Jordan. How are you?
3: Good. How are you guys
1: doing?
0: Better than I deserve. What's up?
1: Awesome. Hey, I bought a landscaping and lawn care
3: business earlier this year. Yeah, you're coming coming in
0: and out of your phone. Speak directly into it, please.
3: Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay. I bought a lawn care and landscaping business earlier this year, and I need to buy a new truck, a bigger truck, so that I can hold my trailers. And I'm just wondering what I should be spending on that, and if I should be using your guidelines more
0: like a personal vehicle. No, I wouldn't use those guidelines. Uh, you spend only cash, no borrowed money, and, right, and, yep. and, and it's business overhead. So here, here's the way the formula works, and you already know this, but I'm going to say it out loud, okay? The more money you spend on the truck, the less profit you have. Right. So if a $20,000 truck will do the job and you go spend thirty because I want a truck, well, that's not good business. That's just being a redneck. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you yeah. buy a tr- you buy the least thing that will get the job done, and um, you know I don't know what that is in your case. And getting the job done also means it doesn't break down all the time, it doesn't give me a hassle because I bought so cheap as a piece of crap, right?
3: Right. Yeah. So but, you know, I, but but, but this that idea that
0: down. somehow to pull lawnmowers, you know, need to go spend a hundred grand, well, that's complete garbage. Of course you don't. Right. And you don't want to give up all your yeah. profits to the deadgum car dealer.
3: Yeah. So what is there a difference between in the long term if you'd spend twenty thousand on a truck and it lasts you maybe four years versus spending forty thousand but it would last you twice as long and you'd probably have less repairs during that time.
0: Uh, not true. The difference in a forty thousand dollar truck and a twenty thousand dollar truck is not that it gets that much more life i mean you take care of a twenty thousand dollar truck it's going to run a long time and uh and uh you know no the idea that if you spend more you're going to get you're not going to get twice the life out of a forty thousand you get out of a twenty thousand not true and you're not going to have twice the repairs on a twenty that you have on a forty not true that's not okay. an, that's not accurate on on just on vehicle maintenance and managing a vehicle. Here's the other thing, if you look around uh who is in business 5 years from now in your industry, it's not the guy with the shiny new brand new truck. He's out of business later cuz he's got payments and cuz he put all his dadgum money in a truck instead of in his pocket. So yeah. again, I you know, when we're buying computers around here, our, we're buying uh, studio equipment around here. We buy good equipment that will do the job, but we don't buy a, a microphone for prestige. We don't buy a computer for prestige. We don't buy a, a screen or a building for prestige. We get a lot of use out of everything we spend around here because it's a business transaction. You're making an investment, and you need to make a return on investment, and that's what you're looking for. So don't don't fall into the old, uh, you know, I don't want to buy somebody else's problems. Because when you buy a new truck and you drive it a month, you know what it is? A used truck. Hello. So, yeah, I, I would buy, in your case, I'd buy a fifteen dollars to $20,000 truck if that'll do it. I definitely would not buy a $40,000 truck in a lawn care business. I just wouldn't do it. I think you can get the job done a lot cheaper than that. And I work with landscape people all the time through Entree Leadership. I talk to them all the time. a year, $100,000 a year, $500,000 a year, top line, gross. We talk to them all the time. Equipment is a constant problem in your business. Be careful. It'll eat your lunch. This is The Ramsey Show.